What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Moynihan. I play Orca on Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is my review of The Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 9, Old Friends Not Forgotten, also known as The Siege of Mandalore Part 1. Uh, we have made it to the series finale of The Clone Wars. Uh, after all these years and a couple of hiatuses, uh, we're, we're here, and we're on the final arc, and turns out it's uh, bigger than we expected. Uh, the way they're structuring it, and we're, we're off to an amazing start uh, with this final arc, and I'm going to get into everything noticed and thought about it, and there'll be plenty more to come because we have three more episodes to finish this out. Uh, now, this episode in particular was uh, directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Dave Filoni, and... It's with this last season being on Disney Plus, I've kind of gotten used to how it is because you've got the Disney Plus logo where it makes the little sound when the star comes across the Disney, uh, it makes the plus, and then it jumps right into the uh, the familiar Clone Wars theme as the logo recedes away from the screen. So um, I remember watching, when I was watching this episode for the first time. And we have the Disney Plus logo, but then there's a pause. There's like silence. I was like, okay, this is different. And then the old Lucasfilm Limited logo shows up on screen. And that took me back because, and I realized there's some of you who are too young to have seen that logo maybe you've never i mean maybe you've seen it in whatever form but like you've never seen a star wars movie that started that way uh for, i mean for those of us who are old you know old enough um for 20 years that was how we started our viewing experience um yeah, it was just a really nice touch. Um, it wasn't until the 97 special editions that they came up with the modern Lucasfilm logo that, um, well, they modified it a, few, a, little, a little bit over the years, but just that same, that same style has always been there since 97. Yeah, but from 77 till 96, it was this, just the, the green words and I could tell from that moment that we were in for something special. Um, 
and then we get well the Clone Wars logo in red instead of the traditional yellow. But then they play the the Star Wars fanfare, like the movie opening. And then fade to black. It says Part One: Old Friends Not Forgotten. And that's when you fully realize they are doing a another animated Clone Wars movie. That this is a movie, and we're just going to watch it in four parts. Um, and as I talk about it, you can tell they just went all out uh, with the animation, with the music, um, and we're getting something special. So that when we, when we see the, f the finale, there will be four, 13 Star Wars movies at that point, officially. Um, I know some people don't include the 08, um, animated movie, but, um, it's, it's still a Star Wars movie. Uh, so is this one. And, uh, yeah, it was just overwhelming at that start. So we start out, uh, but we do get the traditional newsreel. And the way this one set the stage was really important because it talks, it, I mean, it sets up Revenge of the Sith. Like we knew we were getting close to it. I mean, the trailers and everything, we thought, okay, this is going to come close to it and maybe it'll overlap a little bit. But no, here we are. Talks about the Outer Rim Sieges. That's what was going on at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. We see General Grievous on the Invisible Hand, on the ship that he's uses to invade Coruscant. Um, you know, we see Plo Koon on Cadenomoidia. We see Ala Secura on Felucia. Uh, the, the, piece, the chess pieces are in place. I mean, this is where they are to set up the Revenge of the Sith. And uh, we do get the nice little Easter egg, that shot of the uh, Jedi uh, conversing via hologram. You see Depa Balaba with her Padawan, who is Caleb Doom. Okay, uh, I should stop and say, obviously it's spoilers for this episode. I assume you've already seen it. I'm also going to assume you have either watched all of Star Wars Rebels or know the fates of the characters um, that appear in both. Um, because it's going to be kind of hard to talk about a couple of things later on if you don't know whether or not they live through this movie. So, yeah, I'm going to just put out a Rebels spoiler warning for this and the remaining episodes. Um, so if for some reason you haven't seen all of Rebels, um, come, come back to this when you have. Um, so anyway, Caleb Doom. Rebels fans would know, will know him as Kanan Jarrus. So we get Kid Kanan in this episode. I mean, we saw, we saw it in the trailer, so we thought, oh, hey, um, Caleb is in this one. Um, I think because he got put in the newsreel that uh, this is all we're going to see of him. Um, that it was just, to, to, uh, you know, Dave's way of putting him in there. Um, but we're not going to see 
his perspective of Order 66, mainly because um, we've already seen it in the Kanan, the Last Padawan comic book series, uh, which is, uh, oh, it came out in concurrence with season two of Rebels. So 2015, 16. Um, but it was, it's an excellent series. Uh, you know, go online, get it from Comixology or, um, you know, look at your local comic book store. Um, but yeah, that tells you the story of how uh, Caleb survived Order 66 and then uh, got out on his own before he changed his name and went into hiding. And before we catch up to him in Rebels as Kanan. So he's in there. That was cool. But yeah, the other pieces are in place uh, to set up Revenge of the Sith. Uh, so we open up on Yorbana in this big battle. And I gotta say, with the bridge and the hills and the city, I think they put San Francisco, San Francisco in Star Wars. It looked a lot like San Francisco Bay. <laughs> um, I, I gotta give credit, um, James Bainey, who does um, a Clone Wars reaction show for the Resistance broadcast. Um, he was the first to uh, point out uh, that it looked like the San Francisco, the, the Golden Gate Bridge. So then I thought, well, it does kind of look like San Francisco. So I think I think they found a way to put the home base, uh, you know, because you know Skywalker Ranch is nearby. I think they found a way to put home base in um, in the movie. And, and later on, when they have the shot of the Anakin and Obi Wan uh, taking the shuttle up to uh, the Republic cruisers, uh, that that planet looks a lot like Earth. So. Just a, just a little something there. Uh, but we've got Cody and Obi-Wan fighting here. And then you know, Anakin shows up. Just kind of strolls in. <laughs> I, I do like that you know, he just dodges the blaster bolt with his head, which is something Kanan will do later on in Rebels. Um, yeah, it's, yeah the, whole, the whole scene is just... A great way to see another dynamic with Obi-Wan and Anakin, where Obi-Wan and Rex are, hunk uh, or Cody, rather, are hunkered down, and Anakin has a plan. And the way he walks out and faces the entire army, um, I mean, there, there is that parallel with what Luke did on Crate in The Last Jedi. And even the, the droid commander says all weapons on him. They, you, know, they, you know, they don't fire like they did at Luke, but... Still a lot of similarities there. But as it turns out, it is all a ruse uh, to get Rex and uh, his crew in place. R2 is watching. Um, yeah, nice, nice use of R2. Um, with his uh, little periscope. Um, so they're, you know, Anakin's trying to draw the ta tactical droid so they can take out the, you know, the, the leader. And i got to give a shout-out. Uh, uh, the tactical droid was voiced by Donald Faison, who um, 
resistance fans will know as uh, hype phase on. Uh, so we've got another resistance alum doing this season. We've had Bobby Moynihan, we had uh, Josh Brenner, and now Donald Faison. Uh, so it, it's been neat that they've plugged uh, them in. Uh, we'll see if they get anybody else in uh, the rest of the way. Um, so when the, when the battle starts, um, and Anakin takes out the tactical droid and Rex and the 501st show up. Um, I've got to start giving a shout out here to Kevin Kiner's music. Um, I mean, he's always done a solid job on the series, but he ramps it up here to cinematic quality. And uh, the music he uses here is a redo of, um, well, a track's called Return of the Jedi, uh, from Return of the Jedi. It's when they have the battle at Jabba's cell barge at the Sarlacc pit, uh, which. It's good, you know. It's a nice parallel because you know that's when Luke's heroics kick in, and I mean Anakin didn't have to do much here other than be the decoy. Um, but you know the, the father-son uh, parallels are here, and so uh, Cody and his troops join in. Anakin and Obi Wan have their moment, and and then you know as it turns out, we you know we realize this was. Anakin and Obi-Wan's final battle together, uh, ground battle, um, before the, everything ends for them. <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll get into the old Clone Wars series in a minute. Um, but yeah, so we've got, you know, looking back on it, that's the emotional weight you get from this, that they're, they're having their banter as usual and their different ways to approach battle, their, their friendship. Uh, but this is the last time they stand on the battleground together. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to get tougher on repeat viewings, just knowing what's coming. As we find out within hours. Um, but their funds cut off when um, Ularen um, radios down and says that Anakin has a message from on the Fulcrum uh, channel, who he assumes to be Saw Gerrera. Um, so nice, you know, nice callback there to um, the Onderon arc where we met Saw and his sister Stila, and of course Saw Gerrera, you know, shows up later in Rogue One. Uh, played by Forrest Whitaker. He's also in um, Jedi Fallen Order and Rebels. Um, so they assume it to be Saw, but you know, somebody else is going by Fulcrum here. And, you know, this, well, I won't get too much into it, but this, you know, sets up the origin of Fulcrum and how it gets modified for use during the Rebellion. So that was nice. Uh, that was a nice touch. Also shows where Ahsoka got the idea. Uh, so they get up to the ship and we get the scene from the trailer where uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan behold the hologram of Ahsoka Tano and Bo-Katan. And they let him know they have, they need their help because they track down Maul. So skip ahead, we get um, uh, the Mandalorian ship arriving on the Republic cruiser. I loved the moment with 
um, R2, like running up to Ahsoka to greet her. And it, it, you know, it was a nice bookend to their first meeting on Christophsis uh, when she arrives and you know, like, oh, she's got yeah, Anakin's got a Padawan, you know. Um, but it just shows how far they made it in three years. Uh, so they have the briefing. Maul is on Mandalore now at the city of Sindari. And, uh, you know, this scene and later on helped to pay off uh, the, uh, the arc with Ahsoka and the Martez sisters on Coruscant and Obadia. You know, what she learned about perception of the Jedi and also the, the intelligence of uh, finding out what, what Maul's up to. Um, so that, yeah, that was good that we just had that arc. So we were familiar with it here. Uh, you know, Bo-Katan use, uses, you know, Obi-Wan's feelings for Satine, uh, talks about her, um, to try to convince him, um, you know, but Obi-Wan's trying to stay steadfast to the Republic and the Jedi Council. And I thought it was neat, you know, before they head off to the events of Revenge of the Sith, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan get their last moments with the characters that are close to them that were created for this series. And I thought that was important because Obi-Wan has to, you know, reconcile his feelings for Satine, um, Anakin, his friendship with Ahsoka. You know, because obviously these characters aren't mentioned in the movies at all. Maybe, maybe someday in this in the TV series or something. But, but for now, they get closure here with these characters that we've only seen in the series. So that that was nice. Um, so you know. You know, Obi-Wan doesn't want to get dragged into a, a war that would violate the, the treaty with Mandalore. Uh, they're still fighting this war. But Anakin, you know, wants to show Ahsoka something. <clears throat> and, you know, there's that moment where she's being saluted in the hallway and re being referred to as commander. And she says, uh, you know, I'm not part of this anymore. And he says, Lo uh, loyalty means everything to the clones. Which is, you know, an ironic statement considering uh, the order that they have to follow, you know, days from now. You know, his the, the gifts he had for Ahsoka were nice. Um, you know, the 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 501st painting their helmets uh, to honor her. Um, and you gotta think, like, how long did they exa exactly have to paint their helmets? And you know. No, can't, I can't remember who said this on Twitter, but, you know, it's like, how many attempts did they get? You know, did they, like, oh, you know, that's not even what it looks like. You know, try again. Um, that, that would have been comical, but, you know, it, it looks nice. It's a good touch. So this is the scene, the part where I, I really got floored. Uh, like, yeah, like that sinking feeling in your chest 
because Obi-Wan runs in and it says that Grievous has attacked Coruscant. So, we're there. We have caught up to Revenge of the Sith. When I found out about this arc and that Obi-Wan and Anakin would be involved and kind of set Ahsoka on her way for her final mission, I just assumed that you know they would depart and then sometime later the Battle of Coruscant would happen. I didn't expect that they would get the call right here. Um, so when you know, he comes in and announces, I'm like, oh crap, it's, it's, it's happening. It's right now. Um, there's just a very powerful moment. And then, so the, the, the movies are about to line up and then it's going to be that way the rest of the way. Um, and it's just going to be like more heart wrenching and more emotional as we kind of line it up. So I'll, I'll do a couple of side notes here. Um, first of all, make sure you're following all things Kenobi at at all things Kenobi on Twitter um, because they it, it's it's a neat Twitter account anyway, but they are um, and I, I quote tweeted it so if you, you can find it through my feed at Radio Dakar. Um, they created a timeline because uh, I'll just read it off uh, because we think it's important, especially with how events now coincide at the end of the clone wars. We've created this handy thread to walk you through the nine to 10 days of revenge, revenge of the Sith, a time span that has been confirmed as canon on multiple occasions since 2005. So as we're going through this four episode or four part movie, uh, you can use um, this thread to line up when things are taking place and I'll refer to them the rest of the way. <clears throat> so the rest of this episode, at least is day one. That's uh, the space battle over Coruscant, the death of Dooku, uh, their fight with Grievous, Anakin being reunited with Padme and then their first night back together um, in the apartment when Anakin has the vision. But most importantly, the the entire Battle of Coruscant is day one. So, yeah, uh, I will refer back to that thread uh, the rest of the way uh, to get us lined up with what's going on in this. So, yes, all things Kenobi. Uh, also, I would be remiss if I didn't refer back to the original Clone Wars cartoon uh, created by Jindy uh, Tartakovsky in 2003 to 2005. Um, it's not considered canon anymore. They have cherry-picked it here and there. Um, there's some... Uh, uh, it was the first appearance, though, of Asajj Ventress. Uh, she was modified for the, the full series, <clears throat> although there's hints of you know, her past, um, that were used from that old series, uh, like in Dooku, uh, Jedi Lost. But the final arc on that series was meant to take us right up to Revenge of the Sith. And it's about Grievous's attack on Coruscant. We see it in that series. Um, and 
like Sexy Ten takes Jedi, uh, takes his Jedi Starfighter, and uh, they start the air campaign. Uh, Mace Windu and Yoda are on the ground fighting off um, droids, um, but Grievous uh, comes in, and that's when you see him abduct uh, Palpatine, whether or not it was staged or not, you know. Um, but he is guarded by Shakti and a couple other uh, Jedi. They refer to that here. Um, Obi-Wan says uh, Shakti is with the Chancellor, but um, Mace Windu uh, it can't find, it can't locate her. I mean, that's a direct reference to that series. So they're keeping that part of the story. Now, at the same time that was happening on the sh- on the show, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan were having this other mission on a planet called Nelvon. So that has been completely, you know, retconned. Because we just saw their final mission before the battle. So anyway, um, I don't know if it's... I've got it on DVD. I don't know if you can still get it. Um, if, if you look it up, you can probably find it online. Um, so, you know, if you just want to see it for completion's sake, yeah, the old Clone War series shows you what they're referring to here with Shakti and uh, Mace Windu and Grievous on Coruscant. So that was really cool. And then, you know, he may <clears throat> think Anakin makes the the, the reference, uh, the fleet can be at Coruscant in a, within an hour. So yes, we're, we're lining it up. It's happening now. Not like you know, they go to Mandalore and then the Battle of Coruscant happens at some point. No, it's happening. But And here's where we finally get the answer. You know, why is Commander Rex not in Revenge of the Sith? Well, you know, Anakin, you know, still has use, still has the 501st because that's who he takes to the temple when he turns. So we find out here he divided the 501st. So part of them do go with Rex and Ahsoka, and the, other, the rest stay with him, and that's why they're on Coruscant. Um, so, you know, it's nice to get an explanation on that. And then the whole whole deal with promoting Rex to commander, and uh, Ahsoka's the advisor. So, you know, they, they explained it all as far as, you know, why, why she's there and all that. Or how she can be in command when she's not a Jedi. I did like um, Obi-Wan's line about, you know, making sure you capture them all. He doesn't seem to stay dead. Um, which is funny because, okay, re- big Rebel spoiler if you haven't seen it, but, you know, it's, uh, roughly 15 years later when he Obi-Wan himself makes sure that Maul stays dead. <clears throat> I mean, okay, you everybody who's seen Solo knows that Maul survives this series anyway. <laughs> um, so Anakin gifts well he just modified Ahsoka's old lightsabers to um, you know, fix them up a little bit made them blue <laughs> <clears throat> uh, now this actually contradicts um, the Ahsoka novel by Ashley Eckstein no, read by Ashley Eckstein but written by E.K. Johnston uh, because we that, that's where we first got hints of the Siege of Mandalore there's some uh, some of it sprinkled in there, but it's a story about what she does after the battle, after the wars. 
Um, but they were still green in that one. But she didn't know what they were going to do in the series, so you know, it's a minor de- detail. But she's got blue ones now. Although it does explain why she has white ones in Rebels. That's in that book, so that's useful there. And, and more about the fulcrum thing. Read that book. Um, but, you know, this, this whole scene's great because it's their last time together as Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, the next time they see each other is the season two of Rebels. Uh, about 15 years later. Um, yeah, I mean, I went back and watched Twilight of the Apprentice and, you know, they're, they're, they're about, their fight is a gut-wrenching scene anyway, but watching it after seeing this was even more crazy. Uh, but that's it. Um, and as it's also... That's it for the series, probably, for Anakin and Obi-Wan and the battle droids, because, you know, the participants at Mandalore are different. So, got to give a shout-out and thank you to um, James Arnold Taylor, Matt Lanter, and Matthew Wood for their voice work this whole time. And Dave Filoni mentioned on the um, Clone Wars download this week, which... I haven't mentioned it on previous reviews, but it was really good this week, so you should go lis- listen to it on the official site. You know, he said that the series wasn't about Anakin and Obi-Wan because we know what they did in the movies. You know, their, their story's told elsewhere. Um, this is about Rex and Ahsoka, so it's time for Ashley Eckstein and D. Bradley Baker to get the spotlight. <clears throat> but the other ones, you know, they did a great job. With their care, with their characters that have different, you know, we've seen their fates. Uh, so we're we're at Mandalore now, and I love the the approach with the Republic ships and the gunships, and then the Mandalorian fighters come in as they're just descending down on the planet, and we've got uh, the certain characters in place. We've got Prime Minister Almec. Uh, Gar Saxon and Rook cast in the uh, throne room on Sindari. Now, um, this is another thing where you have to have seen, read something else. The Maul, Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir comic series, which was published by Dark Horse, which was a carryover from like scripts from unproduced Clone Wars episodes that were put into comic book form and retained in the Disney deal. Long story. It's it's canon. Uh, if you can get it online, read it. It's really expensive to buy the trade paperback now. I happened to get it way back then, so I've read it a couple of times, but it's been a while. So all you need to know is that, okay, all these characters appeared in that series. Almec's been... I mean, he's, he's in the old Mandalore episodes. Um, Almec went... Okay, after Maul was defeated by Sidious... And Savage Press was killed. Maul was imprisoned in the Spire prison on Stygian Prime, which we see that prison in Rebels later. Almec sends Gar Saxon and Rook cast to rescue Maul, and then they have different adventures, and that's how they wound up together and here eventually. Uh, so I'm going to kind of speed through the rest of this because it's just, you know, the constant fighting and setting up 
uh, the, the next part. Um, Ursa Wren is there, Sabine's mother. Um, you know, she's at the docks with her group. Um, but I got to talk about the battle in the sky uh, because, okay, this is where we're officially in day one of Revenge of the Sith because this takes place at the exact same time Anakin and Obi-Wan show up in their starfighters at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. This is the opening scene. Um, the reason we know that now is because Kevin Kiner recreated the music, that very military version of the Force theme uh, that begins Revenge of the Sith when they, you know, glide over the Republic cruiser, go down into the battle. Yeah, he re recreates that here when Ahsoka's fighting on the gunships and, you know, making her path along to get to the surface. So, yeah, these line up. I even, um, let me see, who tweeted it out? Let's see. Um, shoot, I'm going to waste time trying to find it. Um, oh, Lights, Camera, Pod. Um, like, paired, paired the scenes together to show you, like, what, what's taking place at the same time. It was amazing. This whole, this whole fight scene is amazing. Um, with Ahsoka, like, jumping ship to ship, and you have all the airborne troopers and the Mandalorians and the Maul Deloreans, you know, Maul's uh, loyalists. Uh, it's, it's incredible. In some ways, the fighting to get to the city was better in this episode than the fighting in the city, which was great anyway. Um, but just tracking, you know, Ahsoka, her descent down, uh, just incredible. As soon as she lands and she starts fighting off the Maldalorians, and there's a hint of Ray's theme, yeah, just a few notes, but it was, more than one person caught it. Um, interesting, you know, like it's someone who's no Jedi, you know, and the theme of all the Jedi. So that was a nice touch. Um, so you know, I mean, I'm kind of glossed over it. I, I could go on and on about the details of that the sky battle, but it was just so beautiful um, there's fighting inside the city <clears throat> and but you know it turns out it's all a trap uh, Gar Saxon leads them to the undercity into the you know the sewer pipes and all that um, but we do have the, the scene in the throne room where Bo-Katan and her, her group uh, get in and take down Almac who uh, loved, loved his like more regal-looking uh, Mandalorian armor. Same color as Boba Fett. You know, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. So they, they, you know, they take control there, but you know, he reveals that Maul was expecting the Jedi, just not that one. And Ahsoka's down there um, in the Undercity. Her troopers get taken out. So she's surrounded, and that's when we get Maul. And, you know, he expected Kenobi. And why is she here? So this sets up their relationship. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that... Um, because, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin are off doing something else right now. They're off saving the Chancellor at this very moment. And so we get Maul and Ahsoka. And that's it until part two. Uh, I really hope I gave this episode justice because it, it is incredible.
and the people who have screened part two say it's even better. I cannot wait to see it. Um, but that's it. I mean, just incredible. This this movie that finishes the Clone Wars series is going to be great. Uh, but thanks for listening to this. I hope I gave you a lot of good side information and things to go read later. Uh, but there'll be there'll be more of this as we go along for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, but thanks for listening to this. Um, again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, the, all the episodes, my previous reviews and uh, interviews and whatever are on most major podcast platforms uh, through Anchor.fm, uh, the Anchor app. You can find also SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify. Uh, you can become a patron of the show and help with the upkeep of the program. Uh, like Rural Farm Boy, Anthony, and uh, Chris from Kentucky uh, at patreon.com slash radio to car. Um, but until next time, thank you for listening and may the force be with you.